Okay, we're on the mi'utim floor. We briefly discussed the idea of mi'at schora and mi'at shena, very briefly. Paul Echad for Tamo, that we didn't go into so much, and we were marked about the Ibur on mi'at sicha. That's a cute comment, right? We spoke a lot about mi'at sicha. We get to mi'at tanuk. I'm going to come back, circle back as they use in today's uh, parlance. I'm going to circle back in the Kabbalah section to Mi'at Sicha. As we said, that was a two-week uh, Kabbalah. We had a good Kabbalah for Mi'at Sicha. But Mi'at Tanug, that is the very next one, the next Mi'at, number four, right? Mi'at Tzchorah, Mi'at Shena, Mi'at Sicha, Mi'at Tanug. I want to bring out two points. One is the Diak, and one is the basic idea. I'm, we're going to discuss the Diak first. The Mefarshim, or Medayik, and it's a very strong Diak, is that it doesn't say no Tanug, it says miyatanik, just like in miyat schora, the kavan is clearly a lessening of schora, but chazal are not necessarily advising no uh, business at all. Someone who needs to make money, chazal certainly did not look down at that. Many Amarayim and Tanayim were uh, involved in Parnassa. All right, today, practically some feel that it's impossible to straddle both to the highest level. Okay, that's that's a different question. But that's me at Schara. Me at Shana for sure doesn't mean no sleep. No sleep will get you very sick. Person can't go three days without sleep. Me at Sicha also something that people are going to be involved in. So me at Tanug, as much as it's in this group, right? Chazal could have said no Tanug at all, right? But me definitely mashma lessening, not as much as you need. And the Mefarshim asked that as a steer to the Mishnah that says, Kachi Darka Shotor, Pasma Melech Tocha, Mayim Surat more or less, the Mishnah says that you'll eat bread and salt, a little bit of water, sleep on the floor, as actually I used to do in high school for, not for these reasons, just I liked it, and uh, had my match on the floor, and you live a life of difficulty, and, and you should work in the Torah. So that seems to be not a miyat tanug, that seems to be exiting out tanug. Obviously, you have to exist. That's not, but that we would call that mission of bare existence and no tanug at all, no pleasure at all. Tanug is uh, loosely translated at least as pleasure, right? There, those who get into what's the difference between tanug and this lush, I'm not getting all to that. What's the difference between oneg and, and, uh, and hana? Right now, for our purposes, I'm putting them all together. I wasn't omen on that myself, um, but I want everybody to hear the stira. So, the and it's important for the turrets really. So the mafarshim that I saw, and I think it's a pretty makubal mahalach in this, is the Maral says no steer. The Medrash Shmuel says that that mission is for Nani. That he has no other way. But Asher could eat meat, drink wine, but not to be nichnas and to get a reboy. Okay. So very important. And you probably all heard this is, what, I think, one of the most famous Mishnahis, I think, because it kind of like jars people today. So everybody has to run to answer it, right? It's scary. You come into Yeshiva, and they tell you you have to get into learning. And then you say, oh, good, I'll read me your Pirkei Elvis. And it says, Pirkei Elvis. So you know what? You want to be in learning? You want to be serious about this? Sleep on the floor and eat bread and water. No flakes just for lunch. No flakes. Maybe Shabbos is different. Okay, but until Shabbos, you're going to have be able to drink coffee with milk the whole week. Who says you should be drinking coffee because you're only drinking water? So everybody's scared about that. So we run to answer that Mishnah. 
And the Mekubal answer to that mission is the way I've heard it, I think Ravelli Yelopian said, is that that mission is telling you this is a level you have to be ready for that. Torah is important enough to me that I will be ready to sleep on the floor. But not that you have to do that. It's not a tonight. And Adarab, if you have uh, better means, by all means, right? And, and really, we don't see, certainly in our times, so it was important to reflect the levels we have. That we don't find Talmud if I'm not eating at all or just eating that. I want to point out that there is a Mahal. You do find by Sir Precious. I think the Gon that's brought down will take us some water, uh, put his bread in water, and, and, and uh, without chewing it, swallow it. I think it says that by the Gon. I read that one time. Our Vine Leib Steinman and Our Lady of Doris is very, very famous for a tremendous mahalach of uh, Precious. They say he slept on the bed the wrong way, and he he didn't have a, a chair with a back. You can see the back of my chair. Those who have who can see, who are seeing a picture of this, I have a nice, comfortable thing to even sleep on a little bit. Has the whole thing. Our Vine Leib never used the back to his chair for years and years and years, and they got much older, which is really uh, shocking. And of course, there's no doubt that a lot of levels he got to is that. But it's not the Mahalach we see today, right? So are all of us against the Mishnah? Hopefully not, right? There is a Mahalach Precious, but there's something called the Mahalach Precious, but we don't want to get everybody doesn't want to be against the Mishnah. So it seems I would say the Kubal shot in the world today for that Mishnah is that one would have to be willing to do that, right? I mean, the Torah is so important to me. If uh, Halila, I would say, Hashem stripped away all the things I bear, receive his necessities, I wouldn't now uh, throw it away. Uh, or, or even not be osik in Torah, I'd be willing to live on the bare minimum to be osik in Torah. And if you think about it, that's taka big milo also, right? That a person will be willing to that. It's not pasha to mekayim the Mishnah, even our door, but that's the way we will perceive that Mishnah. But again, I'm not saying the Medrash Shmuel doesn't say exactly that, but he just, the way he deals with the stira in the Mishnah is, is, um, is uh, that the, that Mishnah is talking about an ani, someone who doesn't have any money. And I want to add one last point. We'll go further. Is that what's important is that it, there is a steer in the Mishnahis. And Farsham are seeing a stira, meaning it's not just that we want to relearn that mission to fit in our life, make the Savior Torah fit our lives, and let's let's manipulate that mission to fit us. That's not the derech of Orthodox Jews. That's not the derech of traditional Jews. That's not the derech of Yiddishkeit, right? The derech of Yiddishkeit is when we battle to the Torah, right? But But yes, for sure. But there is a steer in the Mishnah. It's because the diak of our Mishnah, a strong diak, a solid diak, a not negius oriented diak, says that miyotanig is mashma miyotanig is right. You have to make a miyot of tanug, but miyot is okay. Just like miyot sikh is okay, and miyot shain is okay, and miyot schor is okay. And, uh, and miyot schok, we'll see, is, is certainly okay. Next thing we're going to deal with, miyot derecheretz, all those things are, are okay in a little bit, in the excessiveness, there's a problem. So that's a way to deal with the mission. Okay. So now, good. I wanted to put that down. So we're not talking about. So now, I'll. Why did I do that first? Because now we see what we're talking about. What is the mission advising us? The mission advising us not live a life without any extras, not live a life without any pleasure. But it definitely is advising us to be mamait, to make have a lessening of those pleasures that we could have. Now, why that though? Why should we have a miyot hatanu? Why is that necessary? And how do we get our heads around this? So I want to read the maral a little for a little bit. This is a, again, I have a sequel of the maral. I was misakimit. Hu gufani. 
Hepech HaChochma. A person who makes himself physical, uh, I, I'm sorry, apologize. One more step will be, I forgot to add, right? Again, he, the, the language he sees is if a person is eating food to make himself strong, right? You have a good lunch in yeshiva, that's great, right? That's even Lashem Shamayim that I want to have where I, where I reward myself. If I learn well this week, I'll give myself a candy bar. Excellent. Rebuchanan Wasserman, it's brought in the book uh, in English by Rebuchanan, I believe. He said that his Bacharim, I think his yeshiva with Baranovich was very, very poor. Rebuchanan, of course, went to America to raise funds for his yeshiva. And then he, uh, as a good captain, doesn't leave a ship. He went back into the European uh, inferno, knowing that it was a risk. And he, of course, was killed through the hands of the Nazis, and that's why we say about him, Kaddush. Besides the fact that he was Kaddish B'chayev, the Bukhana was Kaddish B'chayev and Kaddish B'mosa. In fact, just uh, I'll mention another Kaddish for a second, we have a moment. Uh, he actually left, less famously, is that he, I believe, he, he died at the ninth fort, what was called the ninth fort, that's where they took the Vilna's Jews to. It was a Vilna ghetto, Vilna Ketty ghetto, I believe it was in Vilna, or Kovna, Kovna, I think, the Kovna ghetto. I think it was called the, the Ninth Fort. And he had been by the Taurus of Raham, Revolva's father, Rav Avram Grzynski, who, who actually, I think, I believe that Avram Grzynski asked Rubochan to say Shir about Kiddush Hashem. And then he said, Imam or Musa about Kiddush Hashem. And soon after that is when the Nazis took them out. So you understand what type of people you're talking about. It's just uh, astounding that the, sitting there, knowing what was coming next, the Rebuchanan came back to Europe, and then sitting in Kov, the Kovna ghetto, the Taras Abram saying, we have to talk about Kiddush Hashem, and you say Shir, and I'll say Shmuz, it's just the type of people we're talking about, astounding, the level of these people, and both of them, of course, died on Kiddush Hashem, more famous, but those who know about the Taras Abram know how great he was, and since we got to that, I want to say one thing I always love saying about the Taras Abram, I already heard from you before, he had a bad leg. They used to say the whole world stands on Lita. The whole world stands on Lithuania. The whole Lithuania stands on Slobodka. Right? The whole Slobodka stands on Rabavram. And Rabavram stands on one leg. <laughs> That's what they used to say. The whole world stands on the Torah learning of Lithuania. All of Lithuania stands on Slobodka. That was the flags of Yeshiva. Slobodka stood on its pillar, the Taras Avram. This was after the altar went to Eretz Yisrael. In 1936 or so, or 1932, I think the altar left in 32, the 26, I forgot exactly, but that was we found the Hebron Yeshiva, which became uh, Hebron today in Give of Mordechai. And, uh, and the Hebron stands, excuse me, Slobodka stands on Rabbi Rom, and Rabbi Rom stands on Regalachas. Yeah, and uh, good. If anybody wants a great Muslim safer, learn Taurus of Rom, the safer of Rom Grzynski. That was one of the only Muslims for my Rebbe Rablachman liked. Blackman said about it, it draws blood. So if you want to, if you want to get blood drawn by a Kaddish menorah called Rav Ram Gudzinski, and that's if he was a very, very, very special person. Look what his son-in-law he had, Revolva. By the way, his other son-in-law was his other two other son-in-laws were also Goni Olam. Uh, one was Baruch Rosenberg, who was a famous Rashiva in Bnei Brak, and one was, was of course Rav Kreisworth. Uh, and his son was also extremely Kachav Yitzhak Gudzinski, passed away not so long ago. I know other family members. Okay, we diverted a little bit, but it's good to get Sadiqim that are less known a little bit of coverage, and I'm happy we did that in our little pod. Avram Grudzinski, that was who that was. So back to your friends, though. So so this is the Mahalik. Rubakhan again. So Rubakhan said, sorry, I diverted. Let's not forget where we get. I lose track of where I am sometimes. I'll get back there. We're back. 
I remember in Rabbi Hanan's yeshiva, which was poor, Rabbi Hanan would see Bachram who wanted to take a mishmar, and Rabbi Hanan said, please don't do it. When I used to take a mishmar when I was younger, I would have a whole chicken. I would eat a whole chicken before a mishmar. That's what Rabbi Hanan said. A whole chicken. I would eat a whole chicken to that a mishmar. So for sure, someone who's eating to be machas himself for learning from Odish Hashem, Ein Lamalam, he said, that's a great thing to do, right? A person has that kavana, uh, etc. The, the problem with Tanug is when we get stuck in it, it's disconnected. When the person is connecting his Tanug, Tanug Shabbos, connecting his Tanug in order that he should have Yishev Adas, Amunufas Anefesh, right? If I if I don't eat, I can't concentrate, including that if I don't get a little bit of Hana, a little bit of chocolate, a little bit of candy bar, uh, an ice cream sometimes will help me get a, get, help, help me stay happy and focused. That's great. That's terrific, right? But the excess is the problem. Good. So now we have the basic Sugya, what's wrong with the excess? So says the Maral, who gufani? It makes you more physical. Hepech ha the opposite of chachma. Very simple. We've talked, we spoke a lot about the idea of Kinyani Torah, right? The Kinyani Torah work in two different ways. Kinyani Torah sometimes work in a practical way, right? Uh Miachena. If you always need maximum sleep. And you can't ever put off your sleep, you're not going to finish that sugya, right? Anybody who learns knows, you know, if I push another 15 minutes, another half an hour, I'll figure out this tosis, I'll set up the machos tosis with Rashi, I'll understand this pasik. If I stop now, who knows if I'll ever build it the same way, right? The ideas are going to flip through my head, they'll take it'll be wasteful, right? By the way, when you interrupt thinking some studies say it takes 23 minutes to get to back. So, you know, multitasking is no good. Don't learn to do your emails. It's not a good idea. It's a, it's it's false. Uh, and it's really not a good idea in anything you want to do. Many studies say, apparently today, that multitasking doesn't really exist. You're really, really wearing out your seichel by multitasking. Focus on what you're doing, especially learning. Okay, so so that that's me at seichel, right? That let's say me at shena, right? Meaning it's practical. If I can't ever give up my sleep, so I won't learn as well. Practical. There's also a deeper way of learning Kinyani Torah, which the Maral very much does. That it's a mahalif. Torah is X. And to be shaykh to X, it's like this. Like being attached to a Rebbe, right? You know, certain Rebbe's, you know, like no sheker by them. If Rav Yashiv, if Rav Yashiv, anybody around Rav Yashiv, Rav Yashiv was straight as an arrow, straight as a, as a sargel, as a ruler. If he saw any sheker, you're out. He doesn't deal with people like that. You're not in his inner circle, right? You want to be shaykh to Rav Yashiv, you got to be honest. So, so the same thing. In certain things, Torah is a body. It's an entity. It's a mitzvah. It's a reality. It's a life. And a lot of the Kinyani Torah are, you have to be in that lifestyle. You have to be shy to it. If you hear the difference, there's the way we explain Miachena, which is just, hey, practically you won't learn if this, right? Practically you won't learn if you're not Makabal Yisurim. It will mean less learning time. It'll mean you'll leave learning early, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So therefore you have to, the way to be Kone the Torah is by having this meet, and therefore you won't leave Torah forever or for the, the minute you'll finish the sugya. There's another deeper way to learn the Kinyani Torah. Both are valid, both are true, both both have a far too many either side. A complementary, I would call it complementary Mahalach, which is that to be shaykh to the Torah. And here we get to Miyatanag especially. To be shaykh to the Torah, I have to make myself less physical. The more physical I am, right, Torah is Niknas B'Surim. The more physical I am, the less shaykh I am to Torah, because Torah isn't physical, right? What do I mean Torah is not physical? First off, we all understand it. it's a chachma, it's a wisdom. Deeper than that, it's the Iker Chachma, right? Deeper than that, it's the Chachma that was before the Bria, right? 
Hashem created the world through looking. It was his uman. Hashem created the world by looking through the Torah. That means Torah was before the Bria, 973 Doris, whatever that means. But Torah was before the Bria, Torah is Mi'ala Bria, and we're connecting to something which, which is outside of our world, really. The interesting thing is it penetrates our world. So therefore we think, oh, well, yeah, but I like practical halacha. Torah and halacha tells me what bracha to make in my rice krispies. You're right. It penetrates until there. But its starting point is way up there, way, way up there. And to really understand how it penetrates, I have to be connected to it up there, right? I have to, in a, in a normal way. And that means the more physical I am, the more I'm sunk in the world, I can't attach myself to the Torah, which is above the world, the safe, which is above the world, and therefore. So that's what's going on. So when a person is too involved in in, in Tanug, then you're not Shaykh the Torah, which is Hepech the Tanug, which is all Chachma. Okay? Now, I want to explain this in two ways. To be really good at learning, right? Anybody who's serious knows you have to divorce your feelings. I have a certain shot. I worked on it hard. My chabrus asked me a question. What, what happens? My body, my negias, my proclivities, my biases says this question is baloney, right? I prepare to share, right? My student didn't ask a question in a nice way. My defenses go up. My covet goes up, right? I try to dismiss it. Whoa, wait, 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 wait. He didn't ask you nicely. It doesn't make a difference. True or not true? True or false? Is it a good question? Yeah. They say a story that one time Ryan Cutler came, used to come give shir in his farm was yeshiva, Eitz Chaim in Yerushalayim. So the story I heard one time, I only heard it once, but um, unverified, let's, let's call it like that, unverified, but nice story I heard was that Aaron started yelling, there's Yushalmi Gilui, a brilliant young Yushalmi uh, budding scholar, and they were arguing very, very vehemently. And finally, Ravaran said, out, out, I can't have you and share, right? That means they really argue with all, with all the passion that could be. They're arguing about a tosis. I said, out. So the Eli, as he gets up, he says, I'll leave. The tosis says what it says. You know, you can get rid of me, but you can't get rid of the question. <laughs> yeah, the last word. You can't get rid of the question, right? So whether someone asks you a question right, nicely or not, it doesn't mean anything. Now, the, But the question's there, right? So maybe after Mechanachim, that's his business. But you're there. My Nagia say to me, Push that off. Now, here's the point I want, want everybody to see. The more I'm sickliistic, the more that I'm, I live in a mental world, the more I'm intellectual, the more I'm intellectually honest, right? The more I'm shy to the Torah, which is the ultimate truth. They're straight. And the more that I'm straight, the more that my judgment isn't clouded, the more I'm shy to the Torah in a practical way, in a simple way. And, and, and here's where a lot of people get mixed up. Oh, this rub is so brilliant. This person is so brilliant. They're brilliant people have, who have humongous Yetzirahs. And all their brilliance gets subordinated to their Yetzirah. And all of their thinking is underneath their Midas, not above their Midas. Take that line in. And brilliance is no, is no, uh, brilliance is no prominence because sometimes it's the opposite because people get very attached to their ideas. A simpler person sometimes can just hear the truth in a simple way, in a push it away. And, a, and a, someone who's, Involved in learning can turn things around. I always said that to my sons. You know, don't use your chachma to to be ma'abay things to make things not straight. But what I want you to hear here is what makes us not look anything straight. It's the body, right? It's the feelings. It's the regish. It's all the emotion. It's the nagias. It's it's he didn't speak to me nicely. It's my it's my ego. All all that that stuff is all body. That's all body, right? The more I'm body full, the less I'm mind 
full, the less my mind is determining how I go, the less shaykhs I have to Torah. And the more I'm into Tanug, right? So I'm going, and Shana now, the truth, right? On that level, the more I'm going to the world of physicality, not just practically, the more I'm shaykh to a mahalach of physicality and less shaykh to that. Okay? So that's it, right? The body likes to think on the run, put our stomach first, put feelings first, and then manipulate the seichel, which it often does very successfully, into agreeing with it. And it's amazing and shocking to me sometimes how people argue as if they're independent. They're just totally coming out of whatever they saw on social media or whatever they saw on whatever news site they saw, whoever they saw that kind of agrees with them anyway. And they're not being intellectual, right? And they're really operating from raw feelings and not the seichel. So, so just to operate, to connect the Torah, which is truth, to connect the Torah, which is objective, to connect the Torah, which is straight, you have to be away from the body a little bit. Because the body, I hope I've, I hope I've well illustrated how the body pulls us away to another mahalaf. And here we're going to take a little bit deeper. It's in two ways the body pulls us away. One is the way I'm explaining now. I won't read the words of the Rashba right. I just I won't read it right because it, it counters something in my body. My body doesn't let me see it. My feelings don't let me read it for what it says. I don't want to read that it says get rid of Amalek. I don't want to see that. I don't want to read what it says about, about XYZ thing. I don't want to see what it says about a toeva. I wonder, I'll read, I'll reinterpret what it means, toeva. Toeva really means a nice thing. Yeah, it's it means something very, very par of a nice. Baloney doesn't mean that. It means what it is. The Torah is what it is. You can't change it. Nothing will change what the Torah Doja says. Not my negia, not my thing, not anything. It can say something not nice about me, right? It can say something not nice about my lineage. It doesn't make a difference, right? I'm a Kohen, and somewhere it says something not nice about a Kohen, let's say, that's what the Torah says. I have to figure it out. I have to make myself, I have to subjugate myself to the truth of the Torah. But it's deeper. A certain Talmud Chacham, who I won't mention, whose father was an enormous Talmud Chacham, right, said this. He said, my father can say 15 pshatim in the Rashba. I think that's what he said. Rav Ashareli says deep shot in the Rashba. So there's a deeper point in, in, in being shaykh to the Torah. And it means not just to the, let's say, logic of the Torah or the basic pshat of the Torah, you know, a deep basic shot, but to be shy deeper to what Torah really is, right? I think that's what I got out of that line. He meant to say, I mean, he was complimenting his father that my father can say 15 shatim, but I think the deeper compliment to his to Ravash Arieli, the great Magad Shir, the Bir Yeshiva, uh, you know, in a certain way, the greatest uh, Magad Shir we know since who knows, Rishonim times, Achronim times, I don't, Rishonim, certainly, you know, saying Shir for 40 years to 400, 500, 600, 800 people. Incredible. It's just incredible. I wasn't able to learn from him, but uh, it's just astounding the numbers and the amount of Magidi Shir that are saying over his Torah and the amount of Yeshivas that go according to his his way and all by needless, all with straightness, all with. It's, it's just a phenom phenomenon, right? So he, he's Zoha to a different level of Torah, right? Yeah. It's, so that now. Believe me, I'm the last person to tell you how to be, be Ravashar Ali. If I wasn't, I wouldn't be in this office. I'd be somewhere else, right? I'm not, I have no shaykhs to that. 
What I mean to say is, though, when we're talking about Shaykhah Torah, it's also Shaykhah Torah in a deeper way. To know what a pshat is, to know what right, to know what rings right. It's deeper than just the, the math of Torah. Let's go just go through that quickly. Yeah, the, the math of Torah, just to attach myself to the math of Torah, the cheshman of Torah, my body pulls me away from that. Right? My negias pull me away from my is by my biases pull me away from that. But to know really what the Torah means in a in a in a in a deeper sense, to know what's a good shot and a bad shot, even when mathematically it works out, right? There's something called this the Torah says a toeva, I don't like that. Torah says a malik, I don't like that. Torah says this thing, I don't like that. That's that's the inner battle, which is kind of obvious and clear, right? Or I'm lazy, uh, yeah, all that stuff. Laziness also in the body. Then there's something else called no, what's what what what's really right. That Tamil came up with 15 pshatim. It wasn't because he had any Nagiyas biases for this pshat more than that pshat. It just means his head was was incredibly expansive and could think about things a lot of different ways. But he was less honed into the real truth, the the, the, the nikud of Torah, right? Whereas Rashi Arieli, this young Tamil was saying, was more toned to, tuned in. Yeah, and we now that means we also call madrigaso. Each person on his own level wants to get more and more and more shaykh to Torah on that level, right? The more and more I want to attach myself to the truth of Torah. And now the more physical I make myself, the more tanag I go into, I'm getting myself far away from that. Okay, so I have to make kats here a little bit now because uh, I was planning, I went on to this. So let's, let's jump ahead. So back to tanag, sinking into physicality draws us further away. Now, Friends, what's realistic for us as a Kabbalah? Usually I'm not stuck in Kabbalahs. And here I got a little bit stuck, and I want to explain why. You know, we have, as I've said a few times, and, you know, part of my job, part of what I learned from Leichter especially, is to try to think, you know, as I always say, uh, the great Rebbe taught us that, you know, the self-help books, I don't remember if you ever said it this way, but this is how I framed what I learned from him. Maybe the most important thing. They're like self-help books, which are, I would say are nice. I don't even know what he said about it, but you know, they're self-help and there's pristine Torah above us. And both those things aren't exactly us in a certain way. You know, I mean, self-help books are shaykh, but not really Torah. And Torah could be too high. And we always have to think, where's the chibur between the, pr- we, we want to go past ideas of self-help books, even though self-help books can be helpful to us for sure. But, you know, you have to be able to get rid of the bad part and just keep the good part. But the Torah is above us. The Torah is way up here. So our job in life is to somehow like take these ideas and figure out where Shaykh. So now here, when I get to me a tonic, I'm a little stuck. And I'll tell you why. You know, we have so many more pleasures than earlier generations. Music, travel, food, magazines, and it's all kosher, right? The magazines we read, read are built for to be pleasurable experiences. That's how, that's how you keep buying them, right? Because they give you your, your dopamine hit or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so so it's hard to know exactly, like, in our generation, what do we want in Mia Tanuk? See what I'm saying? We're so, you know, Yosef Elephant said, uh, Shlita, he said, uh, you know, what do you want from Tadis Bakram? They're, they're drowning in sushi. <laughs> and we're all drowning in sushi. I'm also drowning in sushi. I don't like sushi per se, but, you know, all I have... You know, all I need is eight shekels. I got a credit card. I got plastic. I do my phone and just go get a. I go get an icicle. And we had a shiva tiul everywhere we went. We stop, get ice cream, get this, get that. You know, have your music going. We're 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 very earlier generations. I want everybody to appreciate that. We're so much further away from that. So now the point 
especially on our practical level in our little pod, isn't to be- bemoan that. This is where we are. That's what that's the point I was trying to say. So I can get up here and say it's all terrible. And there there are lines of what's bad. I think I've said before. You saw Reisman said like Veer has a fifty thousand dollar car. Okay, hundred thousand dollar car. No, don't do that. There are things to say no to. Right? Don't have a wedding this fancy. Don't have this much. But you know where do we grasp ourselves? It's a little bit beyond me right now. You know, if I was minding a kahila, maybe I would have to come up with gedarim and 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 numbers. But even for myself, it's a difficult question to know. You know, I like good food. I don't go too far for it, etc. But it's hard to know where a good kabbalah is, right? So I was thinking like this. I think a good mahalach is exactly what the mission says. Mir, a lessening. Don't have every possible flavor. Enjoy, but tone down. Yeah, and there's mir tonic. We're we're not going to get away from tonic in general. I'm not talking about those yechidim, some yachadador, gvaldik. You know, you want to next to Ryan Steinman, or you're so cautious to learning. You know, excellent. No, I never want anybody to be, I never want to make any human being smaller. If there's any Ventura, any Bastora, any, if you, if you have Musagim like that, Ashrecha, Ashrecha, but you're going to get to your family and your daughter is going to want the same backpack as her friends. Now you run into a problem because now it becomes a Chinechabonim question. And now you have to know that even though, and this I know is, is a terrible, terrible thing for a lot of families, that they go into Mahalach of Miut as they should and as they could, and some of the kids want what their friend sees. And you're in school with friends, and they want the junior skirt. They want they're going to camp, and they're getting you know I don't know all these expensive stuff. And I just say no, no, I'm going to give you hand me downs. You know, please, please ask a chinuch expert before you do that, because I will tell you I'm certainly not a chinuch expert, but I know that a lot of experts will tell you don't do that, because if this is where your kids are at, and this is the class, you can't make your kid look like a neb in the class. It's going to hurt their self image. They could get bullied. Who knows what. It's just not so realistic. So it's not so simple. So suddenly, you know, you've been wearing, you know, shirts from the 60s and your wife has has a dress from the 70s and suddenly your kids want to dress 2023 and the from kids in the class, the good kids in the class, not bad kids, good kids are are, are on this level, not the kids who are the kids. So what do you do? It's a real difficulty, you know, and the kid, it's a real, real problem. So, so I don't know. But with that, what I do want to say is that I think we can be in a mahalach of lessening. You go to hotel. Don't have everything you want in a hotel. You go, you go to a restaurant. Don't have everything you want in a restaurant. You know, a little bit back, a little, a little bit, a little bit cutting back all the time, right? And 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 that's a rule you can't get into the with your kids. See, to tell you your daughter, I don't even know where things are at. Obviously, I'm sure I'm probably ten years or even fifteen generations behind. But I remember junior skirts were one of the things. I don't think they even exist anymore. But you know, you can't say to your daughter no junior skirt, but you could say you know what. Maybe only have two. I know some of your friends are three. You have two. I'd be holistic there with two. You can you can get by with two. You don't need a new bag every week. That that's 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 where I think it is, especially with younger kids. And that you have to, you can build kids to be proud of that. You know, we don't have that. Of course, we have nice things. Abba has nice things. Abba's a tie. You have a tie, but it doesn't have to be all the way all the time. But it's a real issue, you know. And I, I try to speak to where the issue is. It's an issue for me and my family, and it's an issue out there and it's a very difficult it's a, it's a troubling issue because you know then you're around other people have other standards it, it's very difficult but i don't think we should give up i think we should try to be kind of the mishnah you know me a tonic i think we should try to be my at the tonic so one last word about the family is i think it, it is something to take into consideration when you're when people are choosing a place to live again I, I don't know who's listening to this but it's something to think about about where you live you know there are areas which are less indulgent you know and i hope they should 
never get ruined by people who want to be more indulgent, you know, because so, <laughs> it could easily happen. You know, people who like more indulgency move to somewhere else and get very, very big houses. Some, somehow they, they suddenly ruin the nice standards that the place has. I remember I was at a wedding in Milwaukee. I was astounded. I was partially astounded. I think we ate on plastic plates and there was self-service and that, that was the standard, you know, I don't, I don't know, every Milwaukee family, at Rafi Rush's wedding, I was just like, I was, I was yelling for my Caleb, and no one was complaining, and that's what it was, Yushalayim, all the Yushalayim weddings, I go to a fancy of that, Milwaukee had it, you know, so, so maybe you want to live in Milwaukee, but uh, I don't know what Milwaukee is like today, this is uh, 10, 12 years ago, I don't know how long ago, yeah, so, so, so just in terms of the Kabbalah friends, uh, one, we said we're going to continue with the Mianzika Kabbalah, that we said to try to speak a little bit, you know, pull back, once in the morning, pull back once at night, right? Once in the afternoon. We so said we're going to continue that another week. And in terms of Miyatanug, I think we should, this is what I want you to do. Okay. And I think if we do this, maybe it'll be the best cabal we ever had. I don't have a good practical, you know, do the tennis ride it every week. I want you to think about what I'm saying. Now, I want to think about what I'm saying myself because sometimes I'm with it, sometimes I'm not. Are you ready to make this decision, the Miyatanug decision? You know, that I'll live a life that, you know, you know, a lot of our Kabbalists are small training uh, to give us shaykhahs. But here, I think the, I feel like the issue, I'll tell you what I feel, and maybe I didn't think about it enough, but I feel like the issue is so pervasive, a little, a week of it is not the, is not hitting it. You know what I mean? So I think it's kind of like, you know, make a decision. Do I want to be in a mahalach? Begadol. I'm not talking about any particular time you go to the restaurant. Begadol, but am I going to be a person of miyatanuk? You know, can I be a person who's, who doesn't sink in, you know, who, who steps back a little bit. All right, you hear what I'm saying? I, th I think I think it's a really, I think, you know, I'm I actually, you know, again, I feel bad because I like to give something that's practical and workable, and that's really what it's about, not just, you know, ideas. But in a certain way, I think that, you know, Badafka here, we need to attach the idea. You know, the three weeks, for sure, the three weeks, the Bronisholm's house isn't what it's supposed to be. His Corbanus aren't supposed to, aren't what they're supposed to be. He's not eating the way he wants to eat Kaviyachal. Right, so it's a good time to to consider that. I'm sure it'll be a major tikkun, a major rebuilding. But but let's think. You know, am, am I a person who wants? We all know what it means to be a little less. You know, at the restaurant, at the hotel, in the clothes, in the parnas, in the vacations. You know, can I be a person as opposed to like going all out? You know, where they're at, just to to take a step, take a step back. You know, that that's already a huge, huge statement. And who knows how far with certain people going like that, how far closer can get. Okay, friends, thanks so much. And I hope uh, I hope it's relevant. I hope, but I want you to think about it. Don't just jump in. If you just get inspired by Schoolmaker and jump in, the, it'll be gone and it'll, it'll be gone. Take, think about it. Think about it. Can I make this decision? Can I be a person of Miyatanug? Maybe the answer is Rebbe, not now, maybe in six months, yes. But I'm not looking for like my Rebbe Bloch when you say a hot Meyer, a hot, you know, enjoy your ice cream today. That's not the point. Enjoy it tomorrow. But can I be a person who Epis will be shy in the back of my mind, at least, that I'm I'm a mamayid a little bit in Tanuk. That's a